Good morning. Today is Wednesday, the 12th of June, 2019. Today is an Ember Day, Ember Wednesday, and it, um, according to the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, the Ember Days are three days which occur, occur four times a year. The Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday after St. Lucy's Day, December 13th, Ash Wednesday, the day of Pentecost, and Holy Cross Day. So it sounds like we kind of moved the Ember Day from Pentecost to the Wednesday following it. The name comes from the Latin title, something I can't pronounce, but we'll try to, Quator Tempora, meaning four times. In ancient Italy, the times, originally three, were associated with sowing, harvest, and vintage, for which one prayed, fasted, and gave alms. Later, the four times became occasions for ordination, for which... The Christian community prayed, and the candidates prepared themselves by prayer and retreat. The BCP, Book of Common Prayer, appoints proper collects and readings for this observance under the title for the ministry, Ember Days, including propers for those to be ordained, for the choice of fit persons for the ministry, and for all Christians in their vocation. And if you would like to look there, you can find those on pages 256, 257, and 929 of the Book of Common Prayer. So I think what we're going to do with the readings is just do the readings for the daily office and then include collects for Ember Days. And I do have a particular um, person in my church who is going to be ordained into the transitional diaconate very shortly. And so that's who I'll be thinking of in my prayers for ministry, that she receive the training and growth that she needs, both formally from the church and um, somewhat informally, although I'm not sure that that's the best word to describe it, um, through cooperation with God and experience. So that means our readings for today are Psalm 72, Deuteronomy 31, 30 through 32, 14, 2 Corinthians 11, 21b to 33, and the Gospel of Luke 19, 11 through 27. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. <coughs> You. Sorry. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. 
Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to the Lord a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it. And your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For you are our God and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the needy and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all day long. May there be abundance of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon, and may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever, his fame continue as long as the sun. May all nations be blessed in him. May they pronounce him happy. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. The prayers of Jesse, son of the prayers of David, son of Jesse, are ended. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Deuteronomy, chapter 31. Then Moses recited the words of this song to the very end, 
in the hearing of the whole assembly of Israel. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. Let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop like the rain, my speech condense like the dew, like gentle rain on grass, like showers on new growth. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. The rock, his work is perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God without deceit, just and upright is he. Yet his degenerate children have dealt falsely with him, a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, O foolish and senseless people? Is he not your father who created you, who made you and established you? Remember the days of old. Consider the years long past. Ask your father and he will inform you, your elders and they will tell you. When the Most High apportioned the nations, when he divided humankind, he fixed the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the gods. The Lord's own portion was his people, Jacob his allotted share. He sustained him in a desert land, in a howling wilderness waste. He shielded him, cared for him, guard, guarded him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, as it spreads its wings, takes them up and bears them aloft on its pinions, the Lord alone guided him. No foreign god was with him. He set him atop the heights of the land and fed him with produce of the field. He nursed him with honey from the crags, with oil from flinty rock, curds from the herd and milk from the flock, with fat of lambs and rams, bashan bulls and goats, together with the choicest wheat. You drink fine wine from the blood of grapes. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, a song of Ezekiel. I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. But whatever anyone dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I am talking like a madman. I am a better one. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless floggings, and often near death. Five times I have received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a day, for a night and a day, I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters. In toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsted, often hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides other things, I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches.
Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and the Father of the Lord Jesus, blessed be he forever, knows that I do not lie. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas guarded the city of Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle P, a song of the Spirit. Behold, I am coming soon, says the Lord, and bringing my reward with me to give to everyone according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who do God's commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city through the gates. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for all the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright morning star. Come, say the spirit and the bride. Come, let each hear a reply. Come forward, you who are thirsty. Let those who desire take the water of life as a gift. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 27. As they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to get royal power for himself and then return. He summoned ten of his slaves and gave them ten pounds and said to them, do business with these until I come back. But the citizens of his country hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we do not want this man to rule over us. When he returned, having received royal power, he ordered these slaves, to whom he had given the money, to be summoned so that he might find out what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Lord, your, your pound has made ten more pounds. He said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been trustworthy in a very small thing. Take charge of ten cities. Then the second came, saying, Lord, your pound has made five pounds. He said to him, And you rule over five cities. Then the other came, saying, Lord, here's your pound. I wrapped it up in a piece of cloth, for I was afraid of you, because you are a harsh man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked slave. You knew, did you, that I was a harsh man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you not put my money into the bank? Then when I returned, I could have collected it with interest. He said to the bystanders, Take the pound from him and give it to the one who has ten pounds. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten pounds. I tell you, to all those who have, more will be given. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who do not want me to be king over them, bring them here and slaughter them in my presence. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Hear our cry, O God. 
Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. We're going to use healing prayers in place of suffrages again. We'll be using the Litany of Healing beginning on page 33 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. God, I pray that these prayers, even if we use the wrong words or we know that it's not a lock and key situation, we know that you hear the intent of our hearts and the Holy Spirit translates whatever we are imperfect in our voicing of. God, we love you and we place our faith in you. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. God the Father, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. God the Son, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. God the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you. O Lord, Lord, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O Lord of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent the knowledge of your will and awareness of your presence. Hear us, O Lord of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us. O Lord of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O Lord of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death, and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit those who are bereaved. Hear us, O Lord of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin, in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O Lord of life. You are the Lord who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O Lord, is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Hear us, O Lord of life. Heal us and make us whole. 
Let us pray. Almighty God, giver of life and health, send your blessing on all who are sick and upon those who minister to them, that all weakness may be vanquished by the triumph of the risen Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Let's say some prayers for those who are sick. Gentle Jesus, stay beside your children through this night. Take away their pain. Keep them safe. Keep them in their fear. Make their bodies strong again. Help them in their fear, pardon me. Make their bodies strong again and their hearts glad. Thank you for your love which surrounds them always. Amen. Loving God, your heart overflows with compassion for your whole creation. Pour out your spirit on all persons living with illness for which we have no cure, as well as their families and loved ones. Help them to know that you claim them as your own, deliver them from fear and pain, and send your Archangel Raphael to minister to their needs. For the sake of Jesus Christ, their, our Savior. Amen. Merciful God, whose son Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of Christopher or any loved one. Comfort them, grant from them, grant them the conviction that all things work together for good to those who love you, and help them to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power. Through Jesus Christ, our deliverer. Amen. God of all comfort, our very present help in trouble, be near to your child for whom our prayers are offered. Look on him with the eyes of your mercy. Comfort him with a sense of your presence. Preserve him from the enemy and give him patience in his affliction. Restore him to health and lead him to your eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh. You overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the Father. Grant all of us, your children, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided Trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your children, the anxieties that perplex them, the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help them to discover your forgiveness in their memories and know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O Lord, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. O blessed Lord, you minister to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. 
Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. (coughs) Excuse me. God, the strength of the weak and the comfort of those who suffer, hear our prayers and grant your children the power of your grace, that their sickness may be turned into health and our sorrow into joy. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. O God, our refuge and strength, in those places of unrelenting light and noise, enfold your children in your holy darkness and silence that they may rest secure under the shadow of your wings. Amen. Loving God, we pray that you will comfort Debbie in in her suffering, lend skill to the hands of her healers, and bless the means used for her cure. Give her such confidence in the power of your grace that even when she is afraid, she may put her whole trust in you through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to your children, and by your justice lift them up, that in the body you have given them, they may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. Loving God, inspired by your Holy Spirit, those who are afraid of losing hope, especially your children for whom we now pray. Give them a fresh vision of your love, that they may find again what they fear they have lost. Grant them your powerful deliverance, through the one who makes all things new, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Giver of all grace, we pray your peace, which passes all understanding, for those who are developmentally disabled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored, and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus our Savior. Amen. Now hang tight, and I'm sorry, I think I might have done my pause record mix up again there, and you might have a bunch of blank spot and then miss some of the healing prayers, but trust me. They were sad, and I apologize for my <laughs> ineptness sometimes with the recorder. I'm uh, going to find our prayers for Ember Days, and we're going to pray those. All right, so we're on 256. Almighty God, the giver of all good gifts, in your divine providence you have appointed various orders in your church. Give your grace, we humbly pray, to all who are now called to any office and ministry for your people. And so fill them with the truth of your doctrine and clothe them with holiness of life, that they may faithfully serve before you. To the glory of your great name and for the benefit of your holy church, 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I'll share a few thoughts on the readings. I have to tell you that what's happening to me today is something that often happens. I, well, I shouldn't say often, sometimes happens. Um, we get all the way through the prayer up to this point, and then I'm like, gosh, I really don't have anything to say about the readings. But then when I get to them, I usually find that I have lots of things to say. So maybe that will happen today because I'm thinking I don't have a lot. But so um, Psalm 72 is one that we have read several times recently. I don't think that makes it any less poignant. It's um, described in the commentary of my Bible as a prayer that the king may act justly and extend God's rule to all lands. A royal psalm that may have been used at the king's coronation or its anniversary. Views the Israelite king as the instrument of divine justice and the protector of the poor. I think, I think that's an important difference to make. We're talking here about the king being an instrument of God, not the king being appointed by God and then God runs off and leaves the king to do whatever he wants. No, the king is more God's emissary on the earth, the conduit through which God's justice flows. And remember that in the time that this psalm was written, the people did not feel that they could reach God directly. You know, they had this pretty elaborate priest system. Only the priests were allowed behind the veil and they were the means by which the people reached God. And so this is the way that God comes to All the kingdom, all the earthly kingdom, all the inhabitants of the earth is, is through the king. But I think that's an important distinction. That it's not that God puts the king in place and then leaves him. Even here when we're talking about divine justice, it is that God works through the king. And so I think that's really important for us. Another thing that we've talked about a lot lately is working in, in um, cooperation. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze again. <laughs> With Jesus. And so I think that this is also the case, you know, even for the highest rulers, that when the work they do is God's work, it is good work and justice reigns. When they forget God and turn to earthly goals and idols, I think that's when we get a problem. And I think that applies to all of us and certainly to our leadership, elected or otherwise, as well. Our Old Testament reading this morning from Deuteronomy. So I think it's interesting that this is the song, Moses 
the Song of Moses is something that Moses recites. Um, I'm going to read you my commentary on it. Maybe it's the commentator that has stuff to say today. I don't know. (laughs) The song is a late insertion that reflects upon Israel's history, probably presupposing the exile. And in form, it is revised and expanded prophetic lawsuit with this structure. Introduction and summoning of witnesses, accusation, recital of God's loving actions, indictment, declaration of punishment. Yet God interrupts his own judicial sentence, judicial sentence to recognize a risk to his honor. Other nations might conclude that Israel's God was weak should they see Israel destroyed. God therefore reverses himself, cancels the punishment, and decides instead to punish Israel's enemies so as to vindicate Israel. The song concludes with a call to the divine council to praise God for his actions. The call may originate from within the divine council itself. So this is interesting because it it does a lot of personification of God, right? Um, It assumes that God is like going to change his mind about punishment based on what people think. I like to think that, well, okay, here's a good place for me to pause (laughs) and talk a little bit about. So I have this new life philosophy. It is the giving of zero fucks. And so basically it works like this. Unless um, you are someone whom I respect and admire or someone who has authority in my life that can impact my life or my son's life, I give zero fucks about what you think about what I do and say. I don't answer to you. That's the big you, not you who are listening. And so I find it really, and that's been extremely liberating and helpful to me as a person who lives under a fishbowl, whose every action and word are watched and sometimes twisted. And that has like hurt me before. As someone who's told in the military repeatedly, perception is reality. Man, I lived with that as a, not just a burden, but like under the bell jar for way too long. And so this is very freeing for me to follow what I believe God is leading me to and what I believe to be good and right and joyful and not care so much what other people think. Everything from, you know, haircuts to sex, really. Um, And then to read this about God having concern about what others are going to think about him is just kind of astonishing to me. I, I don't think that that's really honestly quite the case. And I, I don't totally understand what's going on here, except maybe I think there's a lesson here about the history of God's close and intertwined relationship with his people. And what I would call again, like, either the blessing that follows and the good fruit that is reaped when you sow cooperation with God and then the dissonance and scarcity that are reaped when you're not in cooperation with God. And so, you know, I have to remember that the ancients didn't live in this time and place. They didn't have the same language. They didn't have the same context. And so the way that I view things or or a way that something would be phrased that speaks to me can be very different for them. Um, And so in, in this particular snippet in our section, in our reading, I think the message that I get of that from this is remembering 
all that God has already done for us to bring us here, remembering and gathering faith and courage to continue on in cooperation with God who personally cares for and nurtures us. I think that's my message here. Thanks for listening as I verbally process my way through to that. I apologize. Our New Testament reading. So Paul is struggling against some detractors here, and he's saying, anything that you're trying to say gives you credibility. I can say those same things. Real credibility comes from God. But what I think is extra interesting here is, well, another thing that I think is interesting here is the latter portion of verse 28. I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches. I have to wonder, I don't, I think it happened before him too, but for the kind of like slightly snarky thought in my mind was, oh, was Paul the original care equals worry kind of person? We do that in our culture all of the time. I know I was raised that way. The more you care about something, the more you worry about it. And worry is kind of, it's kind of useless. I mean, there are pieces of concern that are helpful. Like if I'm worried about what my boss thinks, I'm going to do an extra good job if I've got the time to, you know, look through all the details and that kind of stuff. And and I guess to an extent that makes sense, but I kind of feel like we're not missing much if we throw worry out the door. And if we like do a good job, not because we're worried about punishment, but because we believe in the mission and our leadership and we want to do good work for them. So maybe let's think about that. Could we throw worry out? Instead of worrying about my son, could I take action? Instead of worrying about people's motives, could I address the actions and words that they say and do? In other words, when, when we are worried, let's find out what we're worried about. Let's find out where the fear is. And then let's address with intentionality any substance that we find. This kind of goes along with, you've heard me talk about my favorite game, the what if, so what game. So we, what if X happens and then you walk it all the way back? Well, so what? <laughs> um, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about it here because you've probably heard me talk about it before, but this is part of it. Like, yep, I'm concerned. What am I concerned about? Oh, is that what I'm concerned about? Okay, well... Are there signs that that is happening? Yes, address it. No? Well, then let's refocus our energy. So I guess my charge for us today is that when we're tempted to worry, let's attempt (laughs) to refocus the energy from that worry into action of cooperation with Christ. And if we aren't sure where to refocus our energy, what to do, what the cooperative act is, let's get into prayer and ask God about it. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, Our reading from the gospel, uh, this is the one that I always think of as being about good stewardship. And I still think that that's the case. I think there is a strong message about stewardship in here. But the message that particularly spoke to me today was one of the last verses, verse 26. I tell to you, I tell you, to all those who have, more will be given. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And I think we're talking here about faith. 
that those of us who have belief and faith and trust and assurance and all of those things, all those solid relationship things, maybe the best way to sum that up is those of us who have relationship with God will be given more. That will be grown. But those who don't, what we think we have, what we have misplaced our faith, hope, and love in, that's going to be taken away. And so we come back to a, a message that really occurs over and over and over again in our liturgy and in our readings, that God is the source of all. All good things come from God. All the nourishment, all of the needs are met, all of that, we find it in God. So let's find true faith in God and stand fast in it and build upon it and grow it and spread it because anything else is just going to be swept away. Anything else is false and hollow and shallow and without substance. And that's what I have to say about our readings today. I'm going to use our prayer from St. Francis as our mission prayer again. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you, and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen. <laughs>